0: We're going to continue on with our series this morning that we started last week. Every year we do this I Love My Church series, and we have different focuses every week. And, and we're going to do one that we really felt months ago when we planned this out was really appropriate for now. But I think especially in light of literally the last couple hours um, of saying that, you know, people, you know, some jobs are going to be shut down and people are supposed to stay in their homes, um, this is really important and it's, it's really kind of interesting Because I want to just read you the first sentence that I wrote weeks ago in preparation for this sermon. And it says this, um, we live in a unique cultural moment. Now when I wrote that, I was referring to what I'm going to talk to in a minute about what sociologists say about our, our culture at this time. But man, I can't think of a better statement to say right now that we live in a unique cultural moment. Um, never before in America have we been told, you know, stay home, don't go to work, keep your kids out of school because we don't want a virus to spread. But even beyond that, we live, as I wrote a couple weeks ago in preparing for this, we live in a unique cultural moment um, that's never before happened in our society where we are in a progression of our society as America, that we've never been here before, nobody's been here before, and we'll never be here again, and it's constantly in flux, that our culture is constantly changing, and if we were to get a group of sociologists together and we would say, "Define for us the culture we're living in today in America, 2020. What's the culture like?" They may see a number of different things, but two things I believe they would say um, that they would all say they would agree on would be these two things: that in the culture today, our culture is defined as postmodern and post-Christian. I want to think about that. I want to talk about that today. What's that mean? We throw those terms around. You've probably heard people say, oh, we're a postmodern culture. Well, what's that mean? Would it be postmodern found to be false means that the ideas of modernity um, have been found to be false. You say, well, what's that mean? Well, like 400 years ago, there was a period, we went into, entered a period of time culturally in the West, meaning Europe that then, trans- that then transferred into America and North America, Canada, uh, the Western part of the world that we um, entered a season of time uh, called the Enlightenment. And the Enlightenment had this idea that as man was progressing, we were becoming modern, that through the, the inventions of man, the, the ingenuity of mankind through science, the world would get better and better and better and better. Things like the discovering, being able to see the stars and understand and, and actually see atoms in time, Look, you know, looking through the microscope. And all they believed is that through the, you know, the idea or the discovery of electricity that all this stuff would make our lives better and better and better and better. And matter of fact, there were futurists only, you know, only 100 years ago who said that by this time we'd work like 20-hour weeks and we would know, have flying cars and, and all these different things that I envisioned for the future. That all that this life would just be ease and we'd have nothing to do because of all the inventions and the development of modernity. But if you look around, And you think of it, in light of the fact of this 400 years, we've gone through multiple world wars. We've gone through multiple other wars. We've seen that technology isn't always so great. And sociologists would tell us today that we're postmodern, meaning this, we concluded that modernity didn't work out so great, that really our world hasn't got better and better and better. In fact, really our world has got worse and worse and worse and worse in many ways. So we're we're postmodern, but we're also in the West, post-Christian. And what we mean by that is that it doesn't mean there's no Christian influence in the, in the West, but the West, um, for a, a long period of time, was the main place, Europe and America, the main stronghold and sending agent of Christianity. But that as the West um, has aged, the West has been drifting from um, a lot of our Christian beliefs and values and and it's drifted from Jesus and the church being the center of our society to being a peripheral thing and actually now as post-Christian for much of our society our society actually resists Christianity and actually attacks Christianity and is trying to deconstruct Christianity and a few weeks ago we used a term like we used a little phrase like this that much of the west today um, wants the kingdom without the king They want the benefits of Christianity. They want, you know, grace and forgiveness and kindness, but they don't want to come under the lordship of King Jesus. And so our world today, our culture, not our world, because much of the world is is emerging as Christian, but the West today is very much postmodern and post-Christian. Now, with that being said, as postmodern and post-Christian, there is an overwhelming sense in especially the youngest people in our country of, in our culture, of despondency and hopelessness. That for a lot of, not everybody, but for a lot of people, it's a very, uh, it's a time of great hopelessness. As a matter of fact, I asked a couple millennials, and I'm never anti-millennial, I love millennials, and, um, and um, I asked them, would you say that your people, your age, your, your group, um, are hopeful or hopeless? And they said, without a doubt, hopeless. So we look at the world and we think, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna, you know, to get hotter and hotter and the ice caps are going to melt and, you know, all the animals are going to die and the forest is going to be cut down and everything's going to happen and we're not going to do well. And that's kind of a sense that is in, in, endemic in the Western culture today. Matter of fact, millennials are the first generation in the development of America that believe that their life will not be better than their parents'. Up until that generation, um, every culture before, every generation before has always believed that their lives would be better, through hard work, be better than their parents' generation. But for millennials, and it's not for all millennials, but for millennials as a whole, when when they're surveyed, they are the first generation to say they did not and do not believe that their lives will be better than their parents' lives were. And so there's a sense of hopelessness in the West that's developing and growing, especially through the younger, younger generations. And there's no thought that it's going to get better with the next generation or the generation after that. It's going to become more and more hopeless in their view of, of their life. And they say, Wow, Pastor Mark, you're a bummer. Why would you want to talk about this today? And there's a reason why I want to talk about this. What's the answer? Is because we have to ask ourselves a question. What is the answer? What's the answer for a culture that feels Hopeless. What's well, one word, and it's a very biblical word, hope. The answer to hopelessness is hope. Hope-filled, loving, generous, Christian kingdom living. That is the answer for the hopelessness that is growing and developing in our country. You see, as Christians, I want you to understand something. You know what the answer is not? Our theology. Now our theology is good and it's important and we need to know our theology and we need to to be people who understand God's word and understand what his word teaches. That's what theology is. That's important. But theology isn't the answer to hopelessness. The answer for hopeless people is for hopeless people to encounter people of hope. The answer for people who are hopeless is that they will rub shoulders with and engage with People who have hope, people who are vibrant and happy and loving and hopeful and followers of Jesus. So you know what the answer to the hopelessness of the post-Christian, post-modern culture is in America today? It's us. We are the answer. We are the answer. The key to hopelessness is being for, for, is, is us, and the key is being for that, for people to see and experience it. The hope that there is available is for the people of this world to engage with healthy Christian community. It's people seeing us as we love and serve and help and support and encourage one another. The answer to the unique problems of today is the church really returning to what God always planned for it to be. But the church would not be primarily a place that you just go and leave, a place you go and you maybe get entertained. Hey man, that was a great message. Or man, I really love that that third song the worship team sang. Now, not that there's anything wrong with the third song the worship team sang. Those things are okay, but those things do not change a hopeless person into a hopeless, a hopeful person. But rather, the answer is a church would be a place where ordinary broken people come together in the love of Jesus. And what we do, because we have hope in Christ, is that we love one another and that we help one another and we bless one another as we look forward to to, to life today in Christ and life eternally with Christ, that we really become the church of Jesus Christ, the church that we celebrate at Communion. We're a place where we recognize that, that, yes, we come here because we like the third song in the worship team or we like the message from the pastor and we feel blessed or we just love the coffee that we serve that you will be drinking again in a few weeks. And you love that and you love that, that fellowship, you love it, but it's not just about that. It's a place where we also recognize that the reason we come together is to be a blessing to someone else that is maybe hurting or lonely or hopeless. That's why we exist. And I believe that that if the Church of America will do this, will become the church, will maybe even kind of return to what our roots are of being just this loving Christian community of broken people, we will be the answer and we'll see hopelessness turn into hopefulness. But I also believe that at the Church of the West, the Church of America, does not return to valuing Christian community above all of the other distractions of our day and age. And think of it. Think how Christian community, honestly, if we're honest with each other, friends, Christian community has been greatly devalued. And we see it by people's participation with each other in the local church. And I think if we keep on a trend that says all the other things of the world, whether it be sports or entertainment or whatever else, um, all if all those things continue to distract us and we keeps us from valuing Christian community the way I think God values community and He wants us to, then I really believe that in, in some time in 25 years or 50 years, the church will be greatly diminished and a waifed modern post-Christian culture will, will even move us further away from what God intends, that the church will not be this healthy, vibrant thing that God intends for it to be and that it can be, and it is in, in many places today. And I think this, and this is maybe because I'm getting old, when I think of it, I think about not only me, but I think about the fact that I have grandkids, and I think if we don't deal with this issue, if we don't honestly deal with ourselves and say, how do I value Christian community, that I think that my grandkids would possibly not have a healthy church to attend. But I believe this, if we prioritize Christian community, then we will be the answer to the hopelessness of a post-Christian and a postmodern society. So this is why we're taking three weeks this year during I Love My Church series to highlight only one thing of the, of the five parts of Portview Pete that, that we looked at last week. Portview Pete are five things that define our, who we are as a church, and we're focusing on just one, this idea of living together in community, highlighting community, highlighting connecting together, highlighting belonging. Um, And I honestly believe that if, if we don't address this in our lives, that the future of the church will be challenged. But I believe if we do, the future of the church is going to be bright. Think about when you're at church. Do you stay just with your own little group, or does your group always have a sense of openness? It's wonderful to get together and love on people that you know, but what about the person who walks in? And you can see them 100 miles away. They walk in, and they're looking around, and they really feel a little bit out of place because maybe it's their first time here. Are you the one who walks across the room and welcomes them into the community? That's a person you can be in the community. All of us can be the ones who welcome somebody into the community. All of us. You know what you say, but right now, Pastor Mark, we can't even meet in the same room. But you know what you could do? You could pick up your phone and you can call someone today. You can pick up somebody. I know this, the Holy Spirit's going to bring to your mind people today that are in the church family or also the church family, and he's going to put them on your mind today so you can call them or you can FaceTime them. You can, you can send them a text or an email and say, how are you doing during this time? You can be part of the community to, to help people feel loved and included and welcome, and especially this. Think of someone that maybe you would think of that maybe nobody else is calling. We can be inclusive and welcoming and loving and make somebody begin to blossom because they know they're loved. And we're going to experience that even a whole lot more once we gather together in a few weeks and we're all together again. And that first time we're back together, friends, I'm hoping we have a big party, a big celebration of just being together, and we are the loving, wonderful um, expression of the kingdom of God here in this place. You see, God has changed the world through loving community. Um, And I believe God is still changing and can still change the world through loving community, that he can change our world through us, through the people of Portview Church. It all starts with us. It's all about if we are going to be people that God, the people that God intends for us to be. If we'll be people who who have high value on becoming part of loving community. Now, each Sunday in Lent, we said we are going to be taking communion together and it's so appropriate today because it ties exactly in what we're talking about that we're going to do that in just a few minutes. But I want to, ask you something that maybe you didn't realize do you know that the context of the section of scripture that we read very often we don't always read the same sex, section of scripture for communion but we very often read from first corinthians chapter 11 when we take communion together do you know what the context is about do you know what the the story what paul is right talking about in that section of scripture He's writing about something very specific, and I'm sure we've talked about it a a few times, but sometimes I maybe think we forget that the context was this, that the Corinthian church was doing a bad job at community. They were doing a bad job at community. The rich, it says, were indulging while the poor were going hungry. And, poor, and Paul was was correcting them. He was disciplining them for it. Listen to what it says. I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, but instead of starting where we normally do in verse 23, I'm going to start in verse 17 and listen to the context. It says, but in giving the, this instruction about communion in the body of Christ, I do not praise you because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church... I hear that divisions exist among you, you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be fractions among you, so that those who are approved may become evident among you. Therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in your eating, each one takes his own supper first, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What? And his exclamation, what? Do you not have houses in which to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I will not praise you. So when Paul says to examine yourselves, we'll read that in a minute. When he says to examine yourself before you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, He is telling us the context. He's telling us to examine ourselves as to whether or not we are honoring and loving the other members within the body of Christ that God has made us a part of. Are we honoring and blessing and caring for the other members in the local church family that God has said, this is where I have you to grow and to thrive and to become? And in just a moment, we're going to take communion together. And we're gonna do the same thing that Paul says here. We are going to examine ourselves and see if we are really loving one another. And you say again, but we're not meeting together. But you can love one another. You can reach out today and you can pick up your phone and you can or get on your computer and you can reach out to somebody that you, the Lord's laying on your heart, and you just believe needs somebody. So examine yourselves. Do we really love and care for one another? Or do we just do what is becoming kind of the culture of post-Christian, post-modern, that when we do go to church, it's just for me, because the post-Christian, post-modern world is highly individualistic. It's just about me. And we say, well, I go to that church because what I get out of that church. Or i watching church. It's nothing new. People have been doing that for a long time. I'm watching church just for what I get. Or are we committed to being the body, being the family of Christ, loving and accepting others into our circle. Well, church, I really believe this and I don't think I'm exaggerating. I believe the future of the church depends on how we answer this question and how we respond to this question because loving community is the answer for the hopelessness of a post-Christian, post-modern world. We are the answer. And we get to think about that today and offer ourselves to God to be his tools in being the answer for our society. So you should have there with you the elements for communion. We have the bread and the wine or the juice. Why don't you grab those and get those ready right now. Let me read from us the section of scripture we most often read before we partake it says for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that Lord Jesus the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way he took the cup also after supper saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink. What well, we saw from the context of, this, of the scriptures, yes, we know we always use this to examine ourselves, our own sinfulness, and whether we're, we're in the body of Christ. And, and here's the deal. If you're watching this today, and you don't have Christ in your life, you can right now, we're going to, by making communion, we're, we're going to hold these elements, and we're going we're to take them in. We're going to invite them in. You can invite Christ into your life right now in your living room, or as Suzanne said earlier, you're running on the treadmill. Get off the treadmill, and you can sit here with a moment with the Lord and invite him into your life. And then it says to all of us here, we examine ourselves. What we see from the context is a way we're examining ourselves to say, how do I really interact with the body of Christ? And it's a question that only you can answer because you know why you come, and you know what you do when you hear. If you're one of the people, and I encourage you, if you're one of the people who comes in late and slips out early, we're not, I'm not mad at you for that. You're just missing the greatest blessing that God has on the planet is for you to be part of a loving Christian community. You're you're missing the opportunity and the place to find hope in a continually more hopeless society. And I invite you to become part of the body. We're going to examine ourselves. Give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to say to us, you know what, how am I in relationship to the body? And you may find as you think of that question, you say, you know what, I'm kind of on the outside looking in. Yeah, I I know Jesus and I'm part of the church, but I'm really not part of the family. Here's your opportunity. We want you to be part of the family. We want you to be part of Portview Church. We want you to find a place where you love, where you're loved, and you can love others. It's a two-way street. And so this morning, it's about saying, you know what? God's going to use us at Portview Church and many other places, but us at Portview Church to develop and become and offer the loving Christian community that he intends to be the the avenue for changing the world. So that's what we're going to do as we do communion today. So, So grab that bread with me this morning. Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of you. So Lord Jesus, this morning, we hold in our hands um, this bread. And it's more than just a symbol. It is a symbol, yes, but it's more than a symbol. This is, this is the, the, the reality for us of that as close as possible as we can get to saying, this is how we can tangibly experience you. That we're inviting you in. We're, we're holding something we can feel in our fingers. And you're that real right here, right now. And Lord Jesus, we know that you came for your body. You came for each individual, but to bring them together in unity so that we can be this loving expression that nowhere else in the world can have what we can have as a church. Because we no longer are Jew nor Greek, male nor female, or bond nor free. We are now defined by a new person. We are Christian. And we're all the same at the foot of the cross. It's all because you gave yourself for us. You invited us into your family. You give us a brand new identity as Christians. And so this morning, Lord, I want us to do something. I think you want us to. I want us to to really give up our other identities. Not that we won't be a part of other things, but really, we want to, as maybe the better way to say it, we want to elevate the most important identity. That more important than being a Democrat or Republican, we're a Christian. More important than being white or black, we're a Christian more important than anything else in the world. We're a Christian. And that's what binds us together. And this morning, Lord, I ask you to literally transform. It's about transformation. Transform our thinking. Transform our desire to love one another as we partake and communion together. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to bring change into our hearts towards our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ let's invite that into our lives as we partake of the bread together and then the the representation of the blood of Christ we know from scripture it talks about there's power in the blood the idea that forgiveness comes through the shedding of blood and that that Jesus shed it all, he gave it all for us, and he said, by his stripes we are healed. There's this idea of power in the recognition of the shed blood of Christ. Situation. And a lot of people right now in our society, because of the situation going on the coronavirus, some are sick. There's people that I know personally that are on ventilators right now, and you know some people also because of coronavirus. People in our state dying, there's people around our country and our world dying. We need the power of God, the power of Jesus to stop this epidemic. And if we bind together and we ask, we know he responds and he listens. Not only does our people need healing in their bodies for not only coronavirus, but for you know a myriad of other things. But we know that people You know, just these last weeks are facing difficult situations where they need provision because of job job situations. That they need protection. That they need restoration in relationships. The answer is Jesus. And so, right now, Lord, we look to your power. We look to your strength. You are here with us right now in this moment, in every house, in every car. In this room right now, you are here by the reality of your spirit. And we ask, Jesus, right now, would you meet every need? Would you heal everybody? Would you stop the spread of this, uh, of this virus in our nation and in our world? All for your glory. And, Lord, we look to your power. To no other power. We look to you. And this morning, we invite your power into our lives as we partake of the cup together. Lord Jesus, thank you that we could gather together. Thank you for the gift of technology that we could gather together. And I pray now, Lord, your blessing on every single person watching this service. As we end, Lord, I want to pray this blessing over every single one. I pray this for you this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. Don't forget, if you need something, call the church. We're here. We're available for you we're going to get through this thing together. Until we meet again, I can't wait to see you. God bless you.